Hi, I'm Katie, and this is Banshees and Crackers, a podcast exploring the folklore, hauntings, and old unsolved crimes that are still whispered about on porches in the U.S. and around the world. Settle in with a glass of wine and your favorite snack while I tell you a story that may make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Sources for today's episode can be found in the show notes. Was there a serial killer in Cleveland, Ohio in the 1930s? Today I'm going to tell you the story of the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run, also known as the Torso Murders. Trigger warning for gruesome content. Between September 1935 and August 1938, there was believed to be a serial killer lurking in Cleveland, Ohio, known as the Cleveland Torso Murderer or the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. Though there are no official totals, the bodies of at least seven men and five women are linked to this killer. Most of the victims' remains were found in or near Kingsbury Run, an impoverished neighborhood named for a creek bed running from East 90th Street and Kingsman Road Southeast to the Cuyahoga River. All of the victims were decapitated, and many of them were also dismembered. While the investigation was extensive, there has never been an official naming of the killer. While there isn't a conclusive victim total, 12 has been the agreed-upon number of victims, but modern research has found potential links to as many as 20 more. In Depression-era Cleveland, many people, classified as the working poor, could only afford to live in shanty towns, also known as Hoovervilles. Many of the victims of the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run were never identified, but appeared to be lower-class, sometimes vagrant individuals. While the identities of most of the victims were never discovered, victims 2, 3, and possibly 8 were identified. These three people were identified as Edward, Andrasi, Flores Palillo, and Rose Wallace. Edward and Florence were ID'd by their fingerprints, and Rose was identified by her dental records. Maybe. Some key characteristics of the killer's MO were identified. The victims were always beheaded, often dismembered, and the torsos were sometimes severed in half. Some of the male victims appeared to have been castrated, and some victims appeared to show evidence of chemical treatment on the skin. Some investigators thought that this chemical treatment might have been lye that the killer intended to use to get rid of the victim's bodies, but instead he used soda ash, which preserved the skin and gave it a leathery appearance. Forensic science was in its very infancy in the 1930s, and many of the bodies were found long after death, so evidence collection was incredibly challenging. Adding to the challenge is the fact that many of the heads were never found. This made identification for those without fingerprints on record nearly impossible. Much like now, the impoverished were treated very unfairly by those in power. A man by the name of Elliot Ness, the public safety director for the city of Cleveland, where he held authority over both the police and fire departments, became one of the primary investigators of the murders. And he employed some egregious tactics in his search for the killer. He conducted raids in transient areas, and under the guise of collecting fingerprints to catalog in case of the need of identification of new victims and to get, quote, possible victims out of the area, he had the shanty towns, including Kingsbury Run, burned to the ground, displacing countless people. The killer taunted Ness by leaving the remains of two victims within view of his office. At one time, Ness was involved in the arrest and interrogation of one of the two prime suspects in the case, and later received provoking postcards from this suspect. Now let's talk a little bit about the victims. The body of 29-year-old Edward Anthony Andrasi was found on September 23, 1935, in a gully at the base of Jackass Hill where East 49th Street dead-ended into Kingsbury Run. His head had been buried near the rest of his body. 
The autopsy report stated that he was decapitated and had rope burns on his wrists. He had been dead for two or three days. He was formerly an orderly in the psychiatric ward at the Cleveland City Hospital, but was unemployed at the time of his death. The decapitated remains of another white male were also located in vegetation at the foot of East 49th Street next to Andresy. This second victim showed signs of oil saturation and evidence that he had been set on fire after death. This unidentified male became known as John Doe No. 1. Florence Genevieve Palillo, age 44, was discovered at 2315 East 20th Street in Cleveland. She was found dismembered, and her body parts were wrapped with paper and packed into half-bushel baskets. Her head was never located. Known as the Tattooed Man, John Doe No. 2's decapitated body was located on June 5, 1936 in Cleveland, near the East 55th Street Bridge. His head was found near the Shaker Rapid Transit tracks. His torso was found between the New York Central and Nickel Plate tracks by an old freight shed in front of the Nickel Plate Railroad Police Building. His body was found unclothed about 1,500 feet away from his head. There was no blood on the ground indicating that he had been killed elsewhere and his head and torso were then disposed of in Kingsbury Run. A railroad worker testified that the head was not visible in that location at 3 p.m. that day, and another eyewitness described seeing a late model Cadillac under the Kingsman Road Bridge at about 11 p.m. the same night. The physical evidence of the decapitation suggested that it had been done while the victim was alive, and the autopsy report stated that the body was drained of blood. There was no evidence of drugs or alcohol in the victim's body, and nothing to suggest that he had been tortured or bound before being killed. John Doe No. 2 had six tattoos on his body, leading to the moniker, The Tattooed Man. The severely decomposed, decapitated remains of a white male were located on July 22, 1936, in the sparsely populated Big Creek area of Brooklyn near a homeless camp just west of Cleveland. This was the only known West Side victim of the Cleveland Torso murders. After a thorough search by police, the man's skull and some bloodstained clothing were found nearby. The pathologist also found that a large quantity of blood had seeped into the soil below the man's body, indicating that he was discovered at the location where he was killed. This is the only victim found outside of the vicinity of Kingsbury Run in Cleveland. Investigators surmised that due to the man's long hair, cheap clothing, and proximity to a homeless camp and railroad tracks, that he was most likely one of the many unhoused people that rode in and out of the city on rail cars. Searches through missing persons reports were unsuccessful and the advanced state of decomposition made fingerprinting him impossible. The un unidentified male became known as John Doe No. 3. A homeless person discovered two halves of a human male torso and lower legs floating in a dirty, stagnant pool in Kingsbury Run near East 37th Street. Investigators had the remains sent to the county morgue and continued searching for the rest of his remains. While searching for the rest of the body, a dirty gray felt hat with a tag for Lottie's Smart Shop, Bellevue, Ohio, stitched inside, and blood spots visible on the top, as well as a blood-soaked blue work shirt were found wrapped in newspaper not far from the location of the torso in the bank of the creek. The fire department dragged the creek in an effort to find more body parts, but none were found. This unidentified male became known as John Doe No. 4. On February 23, 1937, the upper portion of an unidentified female washed up on Lake Erie's Euclid Beach on 156th Street. The legs, arms, and head were never found. Three months later, the lower half of her torso washed ashore on East 30th Street. This unidentified female became known as Jane Doe No. 1. On June 6, 1937, remains were found under the Lorraine-Carnegie Bridge, 
lying in a rotting burlap bag along with a newspaper from June 1936, was the partial skeleton of a woman who had been dead approximately one year. The body was decapitated and missing a rib. She was tentatively identified with dental records as 40-year-old sex worker Rose Wallace. The one confirmed it's rumored that Rose and Florence may have disappeared from the same bar. The reported date of Rose's disappearance was August 21, 1936, about 10 months prior to the discovery of her remains. Since the identification was tentative, the remains are officially known as Jane Doe No. 2. On July 6, 1937, a burlap chicken feed sack containing a male torso and two thighs was found floating in the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland Flats, just below Kingsbury Run. The torso appeared to have been gutted and his heart removed. His head was never located. He's known as John Doe No. 5. A female leg was found in the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland Flats on April 8, 1938. On May 2nd, two burlap sacks were found floating in the river near the West 3rd Street Bridge. These sacks contained a bisected female torso, thighs, and feet. Her head and arms could not be located. The medical examiner reported that she was the only victim that appeared to have been drugged with morphine found in her system. This unidentified female became known as Jane Doe No. 3. On August 16, 1938, while searching for scrap metal at a dump located at the end of East 9th Street in Columbus, some men found the dismembered body of a female wrapped in brown paper, rags, and cardboard. Unlike the other victims, her head and hands were found with the body. This unidentified female became known as Jane Doe No. 4. Also on August 16th, the body of John Doe No. 6 was discovered nearby on the lakefront in direct sight of Safety Director Elliot Ness's office. Like the other victims, the head was severed from the body and the limbs had been disarticulated. While unconfirmed, there are some other murders that some have thought to be linked to the same killer. On September 5, 1934, the lower half of a woman's tor torso with just the thighs still attached washed up on the shores of Lake Erie in Cuyahoga County. A subsequent search did yield a few other body parts, but the head was never located. Nicknamed Lady of the Lake, this Jane Doe was found very close to the location of Jane Doe No. 1. In December 1938, Elliot Ness received a letter, allegedly from the killer, claiming that he had moved to California and killed another woman. The letter also claimed that the victim's head was buried in southwest Los Angeles. Investigators searched the area but only found animal bones. This letter led some authorities later on to pursue connections between the Cleveland Torso murders and the Black Dahlia murder. Known as the Black Dahlia, the bisected body of 22-year-old Elizabeth Short was found in a vacant lot in Los Angeles on January 15, 1947. While there were some similarities in the murders, Miss Short had not been decapitated like the Cleveland murders. Nothing was found to actually connect the cases. On July 22, 1950, the body of 41-year-old Robert Robertson was found at a business at 2138 Davenport Avenue in Cleveland. His body had been decapitated and appeared to have been at the location for between six to eight weeks before discovery. While treated as an isolated incident by investigators, his death did fit the profile of the other murders. Known as the Murder Swamp Killings, between 1921 and 1942, the bodies of nine people were found dismembered and beheaded in and around the swamps and train yards in Newcastle and West Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Due to similarities in victims and methods, Cleveland detective Peter Marillo believed these victims were murdered by the same killer from the Cleveland cases.
Becoming the largest investigation in Cleveland history, authorities interrogated over 9,000 people during the search to find the torso murderer. In the course of this investigation, over 1,000 other unrelated cases were solved due to increased police efforts. Only two official suspects have ever been named, Frank Dolezal and Francis Sweeney. On August 24, 1939, 52-year-old Cleveland resident Frank Dolezal was arrested as a suspect in the death of Florence Palillo. He at one point lived with Florence and also had connections to Andresi and Wallace. He later died under suspicious circumstances while in custody of the Cuyahoga County Jail. After his death, he was cleared from any involvement in any of the killings. The second and most popular suspect, Dr. Francis Edward Sweeney, was a World War I veteran who had been part of a medical unit that conducted amputations in the field. He also suffered nerve damage due to being gassed while in combat. After World War I, Sweeney suffered severe depression and anxiety and was said to have become an alcoholic. His heavy drinking led to separation from his wife. While evidence was only circumstantial, Sweeney was considered a viable suspect. He was a surgical resident in 1929 at the St. Alexis Hospital in the area of Kingsbury Run. His office in 1934 was also located on the same street where a man claimed that a doctor had tried to drug him. This office was located next to the coroner's office where Sweeney would often practice his surgical skills. The morgue could have provided a clean and convenient location for the murders to take place. When Sweeney was interviewed, the interview was conducted by Elliot Ness himself. He was also given two polygraph tests, which polygrapher Leonard Keeler said he failed to pass. Since there was only limited circumstantial evidence, investigators didn't feel that they had enough for a successful prosecution of Sweeney. Sweeney later had himself committed to a hospital, and while in hospital, sent threatening and harassing postcards to Ness well into the 1950s. Sweeney died in a veterans hospital in Dayton, Ohio in July of 1964. A man by the name of Willie Johnson committed a similar murder in June of 1942. Witnesses saw him carrying a trunk that was later found to contain the torso of 19-year-old Margaret Frances Wilson. Her head and arms were found in nearby bushes, and her legs were later found at Mr. Johnson's home. While there were claims that he was acquainted with both Rose and Florence, there were no actual links found between him and the other murders. He was convicted of the murder of Miss Wilson and died by electric chair on March 10, 1944. While some think that the murders could have been committed by different people, Detective Peter Merlo believed that the torso murderer could be a transient who was riding the rails. Most of the murders occurred within the vicinity of railroad tracks. He believed that this was the reason that there were similar cases in other states. What do you think? Who was the real mad butcher of Kingsbury Run? Thanks for joining me on this episode of Banshees and Crackers. If you have episode suggestions or a personal connection to a creepy or unexplained story, send me an email at banshiesandcrackers at gmail.com. You never know, you might hear your story on a listener lore episode in the future. Until next time, remember to watch your back and always bring a snack.